Yes. Exactly. Um, they're, they're the average kid um, uh, discovers porn around nine. Wow. Right now. And so is the, the average age that, that a child discovers porn, you know, and it happens, it, you know, it, it can happen with them walking, you know, in the park and they, and they find a, a thrown away magazine. You know, that happened to me a lot, you know, or, or um, a, a kid at school brings their dad's whatever or the yeah. big brother's stash. That's, that's um, the first time I saw porn. The right. You know, and you could go and, and it happens at Christian schools too. So don't think that it's not going to happen there, that they're protected, that they're shielded. Um, they'll find a way or they'll, or they'll turn on a channel, you know, or, or see a movie scene and, and, and that'll unlock a lot of things for them and curiosity and you know or again you know there there's a predator knows how to hunt you mm. know a predator knows to look for the weak areas um in, in, in a child or something that they're lacking so you know if you if you aren't there in a sense for your child in certain areas this predator will know how to um you know how, how to use and, and weaponize that that information you know to to get what they want um and so uh but yeah i just say you know get educated like don't fear you know yeah like it's 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 a tough conversation but there's a lot of resources one in particular is is a book called how to talk to your kids about sex um i forgot the author but you can order it at puredesire.org um they have it and um the couple that wrote it, you know, they're really amazing. I listened to one of the episodes where they talked about it, and I mean, uh, it's 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 straightforward, but it's also very very. I feel like it's refreshing, and it's easy. They make it easy in a sense, like they lay it out for you. So you know, don't don't be scared, and yeah, yeah. go for it. So you you went through this this stage of, of abuse. Mm -hmm. And then you're older, and then you're still being kind of like forced in these situations. Right. Um, and then you mentioned though that like boundaries had to be mm -hmm. put in place. Where did you learn about boundaries? Because if you're, well, what do you know? I I was saying that like because I didn't know boundaries. Yeah, that's I didn't a, okay, know, so. you know, and, and it wasn't some a lot of these realizations about the situations that you know all those uh, different events like. I didn't realize what they were until as an older, you know, as, as an adult, okay. as I started pursuing healing in this area, I was like, wow, like that, this is why I always land in these kinds of situations. Not just that, but it, it, it carries over into other things of, of allowing people to, to take advantage of you, yeah. you know, and, um, try to control you. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that uh, through healing that I've learned to set boundaries, to not always be a yes person, or okay. when I'm uncomfortable, I'm gonna get out of here, you know? I was like, I don't wanna be here, you yeah. know? And, and be okay with it, not feeling like I have, I owe somebody something, or I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna experience retribution, you know what I mean? No, explain that. Like, like a backlash, like, oh, I'm okay. not, like someone's, you know, it's just like, oh man, it's, there's consequences for this, and right. it's like, who cares? Like, yeah. you know, now I'm like, I don't care. Um, but that's something you learn with confidence, right? You learn, you learn uh, being comfortable in your own skin, but that takes a long time 
when um, not just abuse, uh, you know, but uh, like it wasn't just those experiences that led to um, my my like my addictions to pornography or like masturbation um, or you know as I got when in my twenties like sex you know just um, being being a man whore basically uh, there you know my dad wasn't around because we were always bouncing all over the place uh, and uh, you know eventually when I was nine um, he was he was out at a bar uh, get you know he's drinking and somebody followed him home or you know followed him in the car and uh, the story is that he pulled over or they ran him off the road he got out they were trying to get his money and uh, he fought and they threw him on the ground they shot him and so uh, he was killed when I was nine and so I had experiences with my dad you know like when I would hang out with him if when you would take me you know on the weekends yeah whatnot but there were so few and far in between you know so I never really got to know my dad um I do remember him being sweet you know being being he was like Superman to me so losing him you know was devastating um and I and I mean I remember the day that you know we were told um, I remember walking around aimlessly for, for hours. We were living in Arizona that day. It was around May that it happened. Um, and just feeling really, really, like, melancholic. Like, just, just so, like, you know, I don't know, you know, if you've ever felt depressed. Like, yeah. if you've ever had that feeling of just, like, heavy cloud. Yeah. But that was the first time I ever experienced depression. I think that was, that was the the trigger in my, in my life and so even at that time you know I had older friends and they would always talk about sex and they talk about like masturbation and all that and um, they were very advanced I mean they were like they had their own gang I was in a gang for a little bit <laughs> at that point they wanted to sell weed so this is how advanced these 12 and 13 year olds were um, time in 1994, you know, 19, yeah, and, and that, you know, I remember that at that time, you know, like, you know, trying to masturbate, and that was the first time, you know, I did it the first time then. From what your friends told you about? From that, yeah, yeah, you know, just the, the gestures and all that, and having my first sort of, I guess, climax at that age. Um, but it was again it was frightening you know it was terrifying and so I never did it again until I became a teenager you know until I was 13 12, 13 but um, you know so then after that obviously my mom's you know health and not her health but her mental health like deteriorated again she got further into drugs um, you know her behaviors just escalated and um you know, they escalated until, you know, I think I was about 17. Um, and she, you know, when she finally became a born-again Christian, she gave her life to the Lord and, um, you know, saw a transformation. But my whole teens, um, 
you know, we're just, we're just filled with anxiety. I mean, and, and well, even before that, you know, mm-hmm. growing up as a kid, but just nervous always. of like your mom's actions or like what was going to, what was going to happen? All of it. Okay. I mean, like war embarrassment, you know, uh, worry. Yeah. Like, like worry about like if she was going to die or not. I mean, there were certain points during growing up where I did, I had hope that she just would die because the damage that was being done, you know, and the, and the, and the pain that she was causing a lot of, a lot of, um, those teen years, you know, um, I was in church, you know, I, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 14, but I struggled a lot being two people, you know, one person at church and another at school because I had already had this sort of, uh, fear of what people thought. Yeah. Because of how I grew up, you know, I, I had a lot of white friends, so it was very hard to like, you know, it's like, my home life was very, was very chaotic, you know, my mom was drunk, beat her boyfriend all the time, um, we lived in a little apartment, cockroaches, I smelled like cigarette, and, and she didn't have a job, you know, she was, we were living off the government, social security, and so... I learned very early on how to hide and how to cope um, with things. And so coping for me was masturbating and also like lying about like where I came from, you know, or, or not, not even lying, but almost creating smoke and mirrors. Like, mm-hmm. so very early on, I became very self-aware of like how to dress, how to behave, Mm-hmm. things to say um, give enough to to give enough like crumbs to people so they wouldn't ask questions yeah right you know like oh what did your mom do or like you know what you know where are your parents and this and that you know and, and it was very hard for me to talk about well my dad's dead and my mom's a drug addict you know and uh, so very early on learning how to how to hide and have a facade yeah um, and mask all those things and um, yeah, and, and uh, obviously all that carried on into, you know, up until my, my entire 20s. Um, but early in my 20s, when I, when, when I turned 20, my mom got sick and she, got, she ended up getting cancer and passed away. And so then that catapulted me away from God. You know, I backslid and, you know, went into the world and just, you know, um, I was a virgin up until that time. <laughs> and so after, at that point, it was like, I, I was so, um, like, I didn't have anywhere, like, I didn't know where to go. And I didn't, there weren't, I felt like there weren't enough resources in the church to talk about it. Or like, you know, someone I could talk to about like the, the sexual urges that I was having, you know, early mm-hmm. on and, and mm-hmm. during, you know, as, you know, I, I guess, quote unquote, a believer, you know, um, and so when I was like 19, I saw all my friends partying and they were having a good time and they looked like their life was, they were living a fulfilling life. Yeah. And here I was just sort of, um, 
living in the dark with this just like um, I guess felt like I was I was being being this like goody two-shoe kid and I mean a lot of what drove me out of the church was mainly because I was like you know what like I want to have sex I want to like do that and and so but I think too like I think for everybody that's listening that's in a church or in ministry Mm -hmm. like I think one of the big things was that that was a traumatic event yeah as traumatic events and um, I think what happens a lot of times is the church doesn't know how to address it Mm -hmm. and we almost even like you know you just need a good worship service bro okay you know, like, you just need to go to visit this conference. And, right. And it's kind of like, you know what? Like, no, sometimes there's some some deep-rooted stuff right. that has to be talked through. Yeah. And so I feel like in hearing this, I feel like that, that was probably something that was pretty, like, it was missing. Yeah. Well, I do remember, and you were probably there, is we would have these boot camps at church, like in the summer, <laughs> right? You remember that? Yeah, you remember. I remember this. Yeah, and we I, think had, I went to one. And so a couple, I think that was the one, you know, I think I was 14, 15, and they <laughs> they took us, all the guys, they separated the guy, the girls and the guys, and we all went to one room. <laughs> this and sounds really they had the, the talk. They had the talk with us. But it was, it was this like, it was two married guys talking about their experiences with their wives and, and, and just basically saying like, don't do this until you're married. Yeah. You know, you can do this. <laughs> and, and, and it didn't help. I mean, they, they kind of like, br- like they also, you know, were like, well, yeah, we, we used to, you know, yeah, like we, we, we used to masturbate or whatever, but we don't do that anymore. Kind of thing. Like just, fumbling really through that whole thing and not really helping a lot of us uh, yeah they I, I don't feel like they were they were equipped and uh, and so yeah um, <laughs> I just yeah I just thought about that it was funny Rob you never experienced that boot camp it's it, it was not it was not great <laughs> <laughs> We get up. We they like we show up at church like at five in the morning. I don't even. I remember being there one summer and yeah, there was like a boot camp and so uh-huh. we went. I, I went with my cousin, uh, Bethel. Uh-huh. No, yeah, yeah. No, I, I. It was like, <laughs> dude, it was like nineteen ninety nine or something like oh, that. That's man. what it was. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, um, yeah. I, I guess like all. All that you know, my twenties, I was I was just in the world, and um, you know, I I had lost hope in 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 God, you know, in my life, and didn't care about my body, didn't care um, about any pain that I caused. I just had one goal, and and the goal also for for wanted to meet other people that would just kind of like treat me the same way as just sort of a, an object. And so I just saw myself as that was my worth was what I could do um, in that area, you know, mm-hmm. sexually. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was my identity for a long time. Was just like I'm, I'm just a piece of crap. That's just good for that. And um, you know, all that, all all of that obviously was informed by my or shaped, you know, by 
my sense of worth growing up. Yeah, like I have, I have a note here. Mm-hmm. Like um, basically, like these events sexualized and brought about addiction as coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I think for both of you guys, mm-hmm. like and even like okay, so I would say this, like I like pornography. I I don't think I could say I was ever addicted to mm-hmm. it. Well, maybe at one point I was. I don't, I don't know. Now that I think about it, because I think there was a point where I was trying to like consume or watch, um, but I, like I would definitely say not in the recent years or anything. In um, and I think really it was just God dealing with me and, and, and teaching me and being around other guys who equipped me. Right. But um, these events sexualized and brought about addiction as coping mechanisms. But and this is this is my my terminology, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Or elaborate in either one of you guys. I also feel it brought about misunderstanding, misidentification, and condemnation, mm-hmm. which created the cycle of staying in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what would perpetuate. Like when I felt depressed, and this is prior to me having gotten married. You know, like this is like I used sex you know uh, as a way to cope when I felt really depressed because I dealt with a lot of depression you know I'm like okay well I have to find a partner I gotta find somebody um, you know or or go out you know and and go to the bars or go to the clubs and and try to meet you know somebody and it it gave me an immediate sort of uh, satisfaction you know or like I felt good for that for that brief moment of like felt desired I felt wanted um, and I felt like I did something you know good like like for, for once in my life you know like like it, it, it you know um, you were of value to someone of value and that's that's what it was you know like it, it, it like that's the only thing that gave me value or that I thought would yeah that the other person or another person you know um, would be happy, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, and, and that's what, you know, and shifted, you know, because I, I didn't really watch a lot of pornography, you know, during that time, because I just, I didn't need to, you know, um, very, very sprinkled, you know, it was like, you know, I had a DVD that I'd pop in every couple months or less, you know, less than that, but, um, it wasn't, yeah, like, it, like I, you know, I mentioned last time, it wasn't until I got married that I right. realized, wow, like, an issue. I, this is an issue. I can't, I, I, I want to stop it, but I can't. And, and so um, I remember that's what pushed me to seek out Christ, is to really, to really um, dig in to and, and, and um, be rooted and grounded in the Word and and yeah and just have a a true true relationship with god you know with the son of god and so um but yeah all that is is like even though i had gotten saved too you know after all that living that lifestyle um it had all been those we talked about like uh, you know the brain has this highway right right And, and sometimes depending on, on how much the trauma and how deep you've been living this in, in this cycle um, you end up having a super highway 
and so for me it was a super highway yeah of of like um lack of value and lack of self-worth and um just just not knowing who i was um in christ and so um yeah and and i mean i guess it was until after i got married that i was like i i need help like real help for this yeah. like and and got into pure desire and that and and you know and this was back in 2011 2012 you know when we started realizing all that you know living 20 20 something years I think you know of like of of being you know like at, you know from a young age having all this like rattling in my head you know but, but I think this is a common thing because like not everybody has access to professional therapy right like not everybody has access to the resources that identify some of these deep rooted issues yeah so I think what you're saying is something that's pretty common like people go decades not recognizing that there's some issues mm -hmm. and so I think that's why conversations like this are so important especially in a public platform mm -hmm. because you'll recognize you'll be like dude I I think like that I act like that mm -hmm. I went through that this was something that I you know had to deal with yeah so I think this is important yeah. so I want to switch gears and head into a different direction and uh, talk about how to help someone who is caught in the cycle of sin um, uh, I definitely want to say that therapy is important um, whether it's uh, you know going to you know you're going, definitely going to a Christian therapist and seeking help um, but I want to speak on like if you're someone that is caught in the cycle of sin or if you're wanting to help someone that is caught in the cycle of sin um, definitely for myself I can speak on both ends because I experienced that myself being caught in the cycle of sin mm -hmm. and also helping people now who are in that same scenario um, um, I think it's definitely important to realize that it's not your job to fix someone. Yeah. Definitely not your job to fix someone. Um, that's God's job. Yeah. Um, and we have to recognize that it's the Holy Spirit is, is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one to guide and help, mm -hmm. help us on our, in our walk. Which is very easy to say. Very easy to say. Very hard to do. But very hard to do, definitely. Um, especially if you're someone that likes to fix people or just give advice or give answers to every, yeah. or find solutions. Um, I had to learn early on that two things I had to learn early on when I was caught in, caught in my cycle of sin when I was looking for help I there were so many times that I didn't want someone to just give me the answer I just wanted someone to hear me mm -hmm. to understand like hey this is what I'm going through and I need to vent and I need to share this and confess this but right now I don't need a solution I just need someone to be there for me in the in the midst of my mess in the midst of my mess ups in the midst of my cycle of sin uh, and then I also realized um, when I'm helping someone I have to hear them out and um, again it, it's easier said than done but it's not our job to fix someone but realizing that people need people when uh, it says you know where two or three are gathered uh, the spirit of the Lord is there and it's just realizing that we have to bring things un unto the Lord and realizing that God will be the one ultimately to help us um, but I'll say this too when you're if you're caught in the cycle of sin uh, 
sin thrives in secrecy sin thrives in 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 isolation sin thrives in darkness it's like uh you have to talk about it i think when you're when you're struggling and you feel like you're stuck in this cycle whether it's pornography um sleeping around whatever it is that you're doing um you have to talk about it i think the first thing is confessing there's there's healing and confessing um in, in your confession um but also it's it's also being accountable mm-hmm. so not just confessing but also uh, being consistent with your accountability um, whether that's your pastor whether that's a, a leader that you trust um, definitely finding someone that you trust not just anyone yeah not someone that you can just hey like your homie or your or your friend that you talk to all the time like you have to find someone that is willing to walk with you through the process that is willing to walk with you through your mess and uh, you know it's we, we always want to hear what we want, but we need someone to tell us a hard truth yeah. in love. Um, so. But also, I would say somebody that, uh, that doesn't have a big mouth. Yes, <laughs> that too. Right. Confidential. Like, yes. Right, you could keep a secret. Yes. N- you, not necessarily keep a secret, but like use discretion absolutely. in that like, you know, they know that I should share this with the pastor or with the family, like, but like, not like, oh dude, yeah. You know the I always joke about the the prayer circle, like uh-huh. where you know they're at a prayer meeting and someone like says in front of like twenty people, oh I want to pray for so and so because you know they're going through a divorce. Oh my god! And it's like wait, like no one knew that, but it's yeah. for prayer, you know. And it's like yeah. well, I don't think you needed to say that. Like yeah. you could say let's pray for this family. So yeah. I think that's a big deal. Making sure that someone that, that's you know mature uses discretion and exactly. is you know confidential in the way they mm-hmm. you know communicate so yeah definitely i think yeah all of that mature keeps things confidential uses discretion and is respectful and also just respecting your boundaries um when it comes to confessing your struggles of your cycle of sin uh, that's definitely important and also just seeking therapy if you need to go to that level of, of helping um, and also things I would suggest if you're someone that's caught in a cycle of sin is just uh, there's this program and it's really great. It's an online tool. It's called Covenant Eyes and it, it helps oh, yeah. you help people who like if you're someone that struggles with pornography or just looking up things that you shouldn't be looking up right. pretty much Covenant Eyes is just an accountability tool where uh, you can pretty much uh, it sends an email or report to people that you trust and they'll get a notification knowing but, what you're looking at. But, but as we talked about before, you know, if you're desperate enough, you circumvent it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you find yourself doing that, like, ways to go around that, then, yeah, at that point, I mean, then you really, I feel like you would have to really ask yourself, am are, I you really, trying? are you really trying yeah. to, to heal? Or are you trying to get better? And, and on top of that, too, like, I think everybody can take steps... And, and even set themselves up to to have that transparency. Mm-hmm. So for example, okay, so my computer at home, mm-hmm. it faces out into the open where my back is to people, but my screen is completely visible. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never set up my computer in a way that um, basically it's not like that. Because I feel like this, if I'm looking at something that's inappropriate and somebody walks into the room and they see it, I feel like 
that's a conviction that like I should walk with that conviction like if if that's something that's bad I shouldn't be looking at this yeah so I feel like there's there's things you can set up and do uh, for some guys it's not taking it's it's making sure that your phone is only used when it needs to be um, not taking your phone into the bathroom <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I'm talking mm-hmm. to a lot of guys where it was like that's extremely helpful uh, you know having a book or you know like paper material to read if you're going to be mm-hmm. in there but um, just just places where where you can set yourself up to be accountable yeah mm-hmm. not, not just like you know yeah because the software is good like it's really good stuff but it's also like some people like you can bypass it yeah you can buy you can find loopholes just about anything so yeah like it's it's not just um I don't want to go for it no it's it's not just one thing right it's it's multiple things Mm -hmm. um in addition to to what Rob said you know the I think the two most important things is is God yes and community Mm -hmm. because that's when you're in a you're in an addictive cycle um, you you're really just looking for belonging right you 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 we were designed for fellowship we were designed for closeness and intimacy and um, you know and, and, and Satan warps that right you know and through through our abuse and our story yeah. we we um, you know it's our, our sexuality is weaponized you know, against us, and and the world weaponizes it and you and commodifies it. I guess mm-hmm. that's the word. Like uses it as as consumption and yeah. as a product. And so, um, yeah, I would say like, you know, obviously like your relationship with God, like you you can't do it alone. Like you need the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. to 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 fight. It's 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 a fight for sure. Um, but you can't just do it alone. You need like-minded individuals, yes. and and I would I would say find a person who's been to the top of the mountain, you know, um, people people that have overcome. Find yourself a person that has actually beat pornography or is is on the journey and is further along than you that can bring you, you know, bring you along on that on that journey. Um, and yeah, and, and get yourself into a group because I know for me, the first time that I was ever able to even just talk about this, you know, was, was in the context of a group, you know, of other, of other men. Oh, yeah. And it felt just like, it, it, it just, it, for the first time, I felt like I belonged in a weird way, you know, obviously like, um, you know, I, I felt like I was understood, I was seen. You weren't alone. I you was accepted, yeah. you know, um, and, and, you know, nobody was, like, affirming my, my, my addiction. Like, we're not, we're not trying to affirm and say, ah, oh, dude, it's all right, everybody does it. Right. It's like, hey, everybody does it, and, like, we're in the same boat as you. And we we're we're fighting this thing too, you know. Um, but then again, too, because yeah, that, that generalization that everybody has this issue is actually not accurate. Because like some guys, they don't struggle with it. Right. They don't. Like their real struggle is is like pride. 
mm-hmm. or or uh, or um, the love of money, like you know what I mean? Like yeah. so, there there is that that grouping right. or, or connection with the community that that yeah. is pushing through it. That's extremely helpful. Yeah, and I mean also like with that said too, like if if you think if you're listening and you're like, dude, I don't have this addiction, like like that's that's weird. But you watch pornography or you go on Instagram and you watch, you know, you're on like these pages you shouldn't be on. You're following uh, guys or girls. And I'm not speaking to males. I'm speaking to women as well. Like, you know, you're you're watching things you shouldn't watch um, and um, or you're flirting mm-hmm. or you're taking relationships further than you you're supposed to as a believer um, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't just have to be like, oh, I'm watching full blown porn. But if you're like, if you're having these relapses where you're, 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 they call it the binge purge cycle is like you, you act out. Right. And then you say never again, never I'm again. done. I'm oh, done. Okay. God, I give this all to you. I surrender. Da, 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 da. And, and then you're all hardcore. Like you're, you're, you're good for six seven months and then you relapse. you relapse um you need to look at why like it, it's good for you to get into something and educate yourself and get yourself into a group because yeah. this is this is um this is i would say equally as that is equally as bad as somebody who is doing it every day um and uh and it doesn't have to be pornography it could be relationships that you're in that you shouldn't be in um you're using hookup apps you're um you're using snapchat you know whatever to hook up but i, I don't want to be is snapchat a hookup app no they use it you know oh like yeah i mean you send inappropriate pictures and they, and they disappear though, unfortunately you know? okay so like because yeah. i have a snapchat now yeah. i feel like <laughs> i should delete no it. no no, no. <laughs> We're, like I, just like you know um you may have a different version of what we're talking about but it comes from the same place you know it's a it's a sense of worth you you there's a satisfaction you get into it because you're coping it's 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 uh, it it feels like it feels good because it helps you temporarily Mm -hmm. Um, and and so but it is a you know that it's wrong because you're 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 a believer and you know what the word of God says um, so there's no way that you can, um, you can't, you can't make an excuse for it, but if you can't stop, and you know, I, definitely seek, seek, seek some, seek out help, you know, yeah. seek and someone that's else. That's therapy front. is important. Therapy is important. And, and I mean, it, yeah, like it can be Christian or it can be non-Christian, mm-hmm. but as long as you're unpacking the why, yeah. it's the why that you need to figure out. I love what this one guy said though, um. I was in this uh, social media app that basically it's live and, and people kind of share their stories or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it was something that this guy was talking about, some of the issues he had. And he said this, he said, therapy is important. He says, but the goal of therapy is to facilitate a healthy place in community. Right. And I was like, dude, that's so good. Cause it's like, I think a lot of times we can 
present like therapy as like that's the end result you know that's that once you're there mm-hmm. you're good to go yeah. but it's like no the, the point of therapy is to get back in a healthy place in community because I think a lot of it the condemnation the guilt the shame all that stuff mm-hmm. isolates us and like as you said earlier like yeah. the, the isolation the sin isolates and on top of that like the destruction of that fellowship or, com- or community is is destructive to just our spirits like mm-hmm. like we were pursuing god in isolation and that's never healthy mm-hmm. like it's i mean there are times when it's um i'm looking for a certain word where solitude that's sort of like, like that you spend some time in solitude with god mm-hmm. that's different than isolation yes. right. so like community is important and, and i like what that guy said after therapy you need community Mm -hmm. so another thing that came up was confession brings about two questions because we're talking about how to help a person caught in the cycle of sin so let's say you approach them you talk to them uh you know you you address the issues and the things that need to be addressed and then they 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 bring out like confession like true confession Mm -hmm. they lay it out they share with you but it brings about two questions do you hear me do you accept me Mm -hmm. like that is a big deal Cause like the confession, I think sometimes, uh, like you were saying, it's somebody can minimize some abuse. Mm-hmm. People can minimize confession. Right. Someone can share something and somebody will hear it and be like, like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, what? Like, yeah. Like this is a big thing that happened to me, and you're telling me it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Move on. I'll be fine. So, like, do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not just about the, the thing that happened. It's about the, the effect or the, the reaction or consequence, the, the thing that, that comes after what happened to them. And when they're sharing it with you, they're sharing that as well. And it's important to, like, acknowledge that. That, mm-hmm. like, I hear you. I yeah. hear that this has been destructive for you. Mm-hmm. You've, you've probably cried over this. Yeah. You've been um, depressed over this. Uh, it's destroyed relationships. It's it's done this. It's been destructive in your life. And so the do you hear me? And then the the follow up. Do you accept me? Like yeah. that's the big deal. I think because most like we were talked about, we want to be in a community. We want to be mm-hmm. accepted. We want to be affirmed. We want to be like 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 for who we are and our ugliness. Like, am I acceptable? Can I be yeah. part of this? I'll say Christian community. Yeah. Like in my confession. Now that you know who I am. Can I be part of the community still? And it's like, well, that's what church is about. Right. That's that's the walking through, like what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. No, I, I you. Um, so with the acceptance part is because you've been in this um, in the dark, right, with your secret. Yeah. Um, and not being able to have a place to to talk about it or safe safe space, I guess. Um, you you feel you you're not used to being accepted because you're always feeling like what you what you're doing is unique to yourself and and it makes you this sort of outcast mm-hmm. makes you a freak within this community this culture right church like every, every nobody you know you think in your head like man everybody's just super holy and, and no one's going through this stuff like um, I'm the only person you know going so when 
when you when you find a place in a group or an individual that you can talk to um, that acceptance is is a life changer it, it can it can totally just flip things for for you as a, as a person for your, in your struggle like you can do a completely you complete 180 with with a lot of that knowing um, that you're not a freak yeah and like and that how and and knowing that like this is this is an epidemic this is something that's actually really like common um, within the church and, and I think to clarify like the acceptance is not is not saying like your sin's okay with us. Right. Well, we did yeah. clarify that in yeah. the beginning, right? Just, like, just we're again. Not, yeah, we're just in case. We want to reiterate. Is not approval. Yeah, right. acceptance is not approval. That's good. Come as you and, are, stay. But, but stay as you are. Right? It's also something like what we said, um, we're not trying to fix, we're trying to walk together right. towards um, spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And cause spiritual maturity leads to that place of healthy living healthy Christian living. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think um, 3.1. When someone shares their story with you of abuse, what are your thoughts on responding to that? Maybe Rob, you can go first. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, when someone is uh, sharing with me uh, with sharing with me their experience of abuse, um, I think it's just super important to obviously not deminimize that, but uh, acknowledge mm-hmm. what happened to them. Um, acknowledgement is huge because if you really think about it, when someone is confessing or sharing that they've been abused in any sort of manner, uh, we have to know that it's that's heavy. It's yeah. some, it's super heavy. Like the, the fact that they can even get to a point to share something like that. Uh, is a huge step for that person um, and it, and who knows that could probably be, be their, you might be the first person that you're hearing it um, and then also that's just their beginning process of healing yeah um, so definitely uh, acknowledgement is huge you know mm-hmm. um, acknowledging and hearing uh, what happened to that person um, definitely that's something that I when people share with me like hey Rob this is what I went through or this is this happened to me I I have to I mean one I can relate because that happened to me so I can put myself in their shoes but it, what they're looking for is just like man I'm getting some I'm getting this off my chest I'm sharing because uh, I've had people share with me like Rob you're the first person I'm telling and I'm like oh shoot you know it's heavy and it's just like yeah. it's that's a big step uh, and just hearing them out and like seeing in what direction, not to fix them, but like, hey, like what, how can I be there, you know? Because people need people and we need to be there for those who have been abused. Um, especially like when, when it comes to the church, we, we have to like realize like we need to be there for people and help um, help people in starting the journey to heal. And acknowledgement is the first step. Yeah. And I think too, like you're, you're coming from the place that it was it was straight out violation and and I think like because you, when you shared your story it's something that that you knew right away or, or not right away maybe but like later you understood that was abuse that was straight yeah. abuse and like sharing that story I think it's it's 
um, easy to acknowledge that was abuse. Mm-hmm. The the hard part is like when someone like Christian, like when you share your story, if someone's like, well, that's not necessarily abuse. Right. So like I think like what's important in, in when you share a story, like someone like coming, and and I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm just saying like right. if someone doesn't understand, yeah, you know, like what would you share? with everybody listening that if someone's sharing with them mm-hmm. their story of abuse maybe it doesn't sound as bad or like mm-hmm. you know like I, for lack of a better term you know yeah um, I think just never just listen you know and don't minimize you know the person's um, experience give me an example though because I feel like maybe people don't really understand what we say. We keep saying, don't minimize it. Like, so let's just say you shared with me what happened to you. My response in a minimization of it would be what? Well, I would say, I don't know because I've never experienced that. So, but I could tell you like, um, someone, let's say, I, people I've talked to that, you know, are, are caught in an, an addictive lifestyle, but both their parents are still together. You know, and um, they had, you know, from from an from my perspective, a great life. Okay. And even them, them being like, I don't understand why I'm going through this. Like, I don't understand why I have these thoughts of suicide, or or even just dealing emotionally, right? Like, they've had stability their entire life, but then you know, like, they they're going through these deep emotional seasons in their life where they just like I don't I don't understand like even they're minimizing it but then I'm always trying to understand like there is a why mm-hmm. you know and so it's like okay well yeah your parents were together mm-hmm. but what was your dad like what was your mom like what was their relationship like and there's always something it, it, there, it, it, there's always something in the background that was going on you know whether it, if it was a, a parent that wasn't present or overbearing, mm-hmm. or or even um, triangulation, which is a term for like parents that like create um, like almost like an unhealthy bond with their child of like of um, unloading like um, their marital issues right right on on a child, and you sort of become like your your parents' best friend kind of thing. Like got the gossip, or they like they, they call you to complain about each right other. each other, and that's yeah. really unhealthy. And yeah. so you can have both parents, you can have all you know this Brady Brunt Brady Bunch life, you know, or whatever. But then mm-hmm. there's all this kind of underlying stuff, and that. But but even also speaking of that, there's also outside pressure where you're you may have a good family, mm-hmm. but the things that are being spoken to you from the outside right. actually kind of pierce your heart. Mm-hmm. Like I know like a lot of pastors' kids. Who they have a great home, but there was things that were said to them that they never told their parents because like it was something said that was so hurtful, mm-hmm. but they couldn't like take it to their parents because of who said it. Right. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Situations where it it looks good at home and it yeah. is good. Yeah. But there's an outside pressure. So there's all that stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And so like minimizing is basically saying it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, or you know, or or just um, 
or even just gaslighting a person, you know, and it like, it is unhealthy, which would be like, oh, you're just complaining or, you know, you're just being a big baby. You're just, you know, like you're just exaggerating. Um, obviously you don't want to do those things. And, uh, that's your reaction to a, a person confiding in you. I mean, you shouldn't be the, per you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in that position. You know, you probably shouldn't be the person, the right They're person they, they, to confide in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, definitely just, just listen. Um, and I have the tendency to want to fix people too. Like, I'm like, I have a solution. Yeah. That's but I also come from trauma, you know? So like, <laughs> I feel like confident going into it, but I, I, I've learned to just be still and, and just, and listen and listen and I, and I'll listen for an hour. I'll listen for a long time and then I'll be like, and then I'll ask them, do you, do you just want me to listen to you or would you like me to give you some advice yeah you know, that's some direction that's yeah um and so you give them a choice right um if you if you don't have the resources just just you know like you know just obviously like just be there for them at that time and then educate yourself and say you know what i'm, I'm gonna i want to help you in this area i'm i'm not i'm not equipped right now but i, I will look into this and um, par partnership is what I think is really important is that when you um, when you have when you feel like you have someone on your, in your corner you know when you're in the ring like yeah. it's it, it there's a is a, a boost you know for 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 your confidence and um, and it gives you hope yeah right that you that you can really overcome um, this you know this 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 yeah this sinful life or or cycle um that you keep finding yourself in uh and and so yeah i would i would say just um if you don't have the solutions um don't just spew anything out but educate yourself yeah and and um you know and 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 learn learn how how, how can i be in this person's life, you know, and, 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 um, you know, if you want to be in this person's life, like, how can you protect them, right, and, and how can you, you, you help them move forward in, in healing? So, uh, like I said, confession brings about two questions, do you hear me, do you accept me? Um, when someone's sharing about abuse, it brings about one, like, two questions as well, mm -hmm. but the first one is a little bit different, do you believe me? Mm -hmm. And then do you accept me? Because right. I think that that's a huge factor. Like most of the stuff I've read is if if someone's sharing about abuse, the first response should be, I believe you. Mm -hmm. Because I think like for me, number one, and in, in like church leadership, I think we should always err on the side of someone who's saying that they've been victimized. Because I would say this, the one who has been accused can be cleared, and you can make no mistake in that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, the truth is exposed, the truth comes out, and um, let's just say there is a, a false accusation. Mm -hmm. You'll go through the pain of that, and, and you know, the, the person maybe in a leadership position will go through the pain of that, 
But when the truth comes out and it exposes everything, that person is is then you know exonerated. You know, like there's there's clarity there. That was not true. It didn't happen. But if the victim is not believed from the beginning, that's almost irreparable because they've gone to the people they trust and said, you know, this is what happened. Do you believe me? And for the response to be like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, you know, well, you know, blah, yeah, mm-hmm. that is irreparable. Mm-hmm. Once that happens and they're not believed, that person is broken. Right. No. If they share with you and you don't respect that this is possible, you've broken something that it's irreparable obviously in Christ all things can be made new and we believe that 100% however the church the church the trust of church leadership that's broken and so that's what I'm saying like there's something that when when we're dealing with abuse uh, for everybody listening if it's your kids going to you and they're saying something or they're saying they don't want to be somewhere or they feel very uncomfortable somewhere acknowledge that acknowledge it if if my son comes to me and says dad i don't want to go to this house i don't want to be around this guy i don't want to be around this person done we're leaving if they get mad at me who cares like mm-hmm. like they're my son's my son's gonna come to me and say i don't like this place not in the sense of like you know we're going to the dentist mm-hmm. or you know the hospital he has to get a checkup or you know something it's it's there are some things like obviously we we discern it but if there's a moment when we're at somebody's house or something and he says i don't want to be here I'm uncomfortable and done. Let's leave. Like, because I'm going to believe him over anybody else. Exactly. Family or not. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. Because I think, like, the whole family thing. Oh, it's family. Mm-mm. Listen, like, that's, I think the, the stats are, it's, it's abuse usually comes from somebody you know. Yeah. Right. So, like, that's something when I'm saying, when we hear about someone sharing about abuse it brings about two questions. Do you believe me and do you accept me? Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, you guys know for sure, and I've had conversations about it, where the abuse, it's so, you, they, you feel so, like, guilty, shameful, like, like you're broken, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And then when, when you share it, you feel like, do you still accept me? Do you still love me? You know, am I still part of this unit of who we are? Mm-hmm. And so, um, just making sure that everybody is aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys want to add something to that. No, I think that's important. I think so. It's like for me, it's like three things. Um, when someone's confessing or sharing their sexual abuse experience um, or abuse experience, uh, is one um, acknowledging that, uh, and then what you said. Do you believe me? So it's acknowledging what happened to them, believing them. And then, um, what was the third thing you said? Uh, the second question. Uh, uh, accepting, like ex- accepting. Yeah, so accepting. So acknowledging, believing, and accepting them mm-hmm. in, in, in their state that they're in. Whether it's their healing process or they're caught in the cycle of sin. Um, I think that's so important. Those three things are so important um, because we need that. And when you don't have that, then it kind of like you lose hope or you, you don't trust the church leadership or 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 you or you get in a more broken state than you were already before so it's just like it, it can end up even worse so it's important when you're helping someone or being there for someone to do those things 
So to kind of close it up, I want to share some scriptures because like 100% we stand on the word of God. And for somebody, maybe, maybe this has, you know, brought up some things in this conversation we've had and you've remembered some things or like just you're trying to help somebody else. These are scriptures that I feel are appropriate in, in standing on. In Psalms 147.3, it says this, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This is, this is like a, a, you know, a family. This is a, you know, a community or something that, that something has happened and it's been brought to the light. And scripture teaches he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In Psalms 107.20, it says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. That for me is, is the person struggling with the addiction. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Um, Romans 8.14-16 through 16 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Mm-hmm. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And that's for somebody who feels rejected, uh, broken, like just like, you know, maybe you feel like, ashamed like I won't fit in no we're the spirit of adoption you know we're not slaves so that we live in fear again we're adopted like we cry Abba Father Um, and then John 10 10 the thief comes only to steal and kill kill and destroy Mm -hmm. I am come that they may have life and that they may might have it more abundantly and the truth is this that in all of our discussions, all of our community, full life is found in Christ. And everything else that's not centered around Christ, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the reality of Christ, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And so I, I just want to share that, and maybe you guys can give some closing thoughts, but... Those scriptures are something for your heart and your mind to stand on, to believe, as Rob talked about in the beginning, to believe, not just like read it and think like, oh, that sounds good, but to really believe this. Yeah, I think uh, if I can leave anything with you guys who are hearing this, uh, uh, it's just to realize like uh, there's hope, um, there's healing for you, um, you're not alone. Um, definitely you're not alone there's a lot of people who have um, there's others like myself like Christian who have gone through abuse um, and you're not alone Uh, there's healing Uh, my biggest prayer for you whoever's listening is that you find uh, you find uh, your community you find your people who can be there for you Uh, seeking therapy if you need to go that far but also just really uh, believing what the what the scripture says about you, knowing that you are not your your sin, that you are not your traumatic experiences, uh, that God, that also believing and knowing that God can make you whole, because mm-hmm. that's ultimately that that's what God 
wants for you is wholeness. Uh, he wants to heal everything that has happened to you, whatever that you've gone through, or maybe you're listening to this podcast and you you still haven't even shared with anyone what's happened. Um, and I'm here to tell you, hey, you're not alone. Share with someone today. Um, let your, your journey of healing begin today. Um, and there's hope. There's hope in Jesus because Jesus can, can fix anything. Jesus can restore you. Jesus can restore your mind. Um, Jesus can restore the broken parts of your soul. And uh, there's nothing that he can't do. Um, and definitely just remind yourself that you're not alone, that there's hope and that there's others out there. Right. Um, yeah, I think uh, I just want to reiterate, I think what we talked about earlier in the beginning is that, um, you know, there, there's there's a stigma, you know, um, that we have in, in the church where um, you know, we, we look at a person and we see their behavior, we see their behavior and we 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 just think like oh they're just living in sin and they're just this and they we categorize them as an as if in a sense again I'm, I'm going to be very careful you know we just think well they're being deliberate and they just want to be in sin right they just they just they just they just pursue it and in in, in, a, in, in an oversimplified way yes um, but when you when you dig deeper, when you when you find out the person's story, ultimately there's there's a there's a trauma story. Um, so you know for the people, if you're if you're somebody that that you know you know again like going back to like you have a friend or you have you know somebody in your church and they're promiscuous or they're they're struggling with porn or they're struggling with um, uh, you know, same-sex same sex attraction, all these things, um, to not just pre- make these presumptions about, about them um, and, um, you know, to, to really, um, to see beyond that and past that and really dig, you know, because, yeah, like some of them have never even talked about their experiences before or never had the, the, the place the right person to talk to and um you know and 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 you might be that person you know that's that's there for that you know and you you just have a lot of grace you know um the same way i think that if 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 they were to have a conversation with christ i think that that's really he would know where they're coming from um because obviously he's god but you can find out, you know, that there's more. You, you dig more and uncover more um, and allow them that, that place um, to talk about that. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and some things aren't as extreme, but for the person struggling, it, it feels like they're carrying a boulder, you know, pushing a boulder up, up a mountain. And it might not be as bad as, you know, um, this next person or the other person but there's definitely ways to approach it, and um, yeah, um, and and again, you know, for the person struggling, 
Uh, I was once told, not regarding this, but um, they just they they were praying over me and prophesying, and they told me, "You are not your moments," and that has stuck with me yeah. for so long because I, I thought I, I was my whole when you when you when you mess up you know when you fall into sin or, or you say something stupid or anything like it doesn't have to be an extreme you feel you know you feel that shame you feel dumb you feel like 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 uh, you know you wish you could hit reset and, and all that but like you you feel like that's that defines you you know and all those mistakes that you've made and in your life like define you but they don't you know, we talk about identity and finding your identity in Christ and not in those moments. And so um, when you have, when you're living in that cycle, repeating those things, like you think that's who you are and that you'll never get out of it. But there's, there's hope um, and there's community for you. And, and yeah, there, there, there's a place uh, of healing you can get out of it I mean I, I never thought that I would be where I'm at um, 10 years ago you know I, I'll, I just felt like I was I would be be this person you know for the rest of my life or like you know you think born this way kind of thing you know <laughs> like this is who I am um, and that's and that's not true um, not true at all and and um, I love where I'm at. Like I'm, I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Yeah, sometimes I think you know I know that people may make some judgment, you know, because they don't understand, you know, and and you know I've had I've had friends that are like you're still going through that, you're still struggling with that, like you know, and and it and it and it like coming from the person hurt me, you know, and I was like wow, yeah. like you know that this takes, like, the longer that you've been in this cycle, like, like, it takes years, you know, to, to, to recover and find healing, and, and, um, it's a roller coaster, and, um, and so obviously that, you know, uh, it, it was an ignorant thing, but those things stay with you, so, you know, to all, to all, to all those, you know, don't, don't respond to your friends or people in that way, um, and making these sort of judgment passes because, you know, that can really cause more damage, you know, and, and push them further into, into, into a lifestyle um, that they're trying to get out of. Yeah. Right? And, and perpetuate that identity um, that they feel like they can't get out of. So, um, yeah, um, I think really that's it, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thank God for where I'm at, and 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 again, it's I mean, it's a miracle that I'm at where I'm at, and I'm not ashamed to tell my story. And one day, um, you know, you won't either. You won't be ashamed to talk about your story, and you you can you can get to this place um, where it's normalized yeah. to talk about this and and. Um, it's healthy um, to 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 yeah to, to have that conversation. Um, so 
And, and that's what we talked about too, where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. When when the Spirit of God is moving, you'll have the freedom to express this stuff. And then also like the name of the podcast is Carry Us Through. Um, Philippians 1 6 he who began a good work in you will carry it through until the day of completion in, in Christ Jesus but the idea is this that we're walking forward in this and, and Christ is working on us as we're moving forward we don't stay in the same place we move forward and you have uh, for this podcast for everybody listening you, know, you have three men here um, all of us have had different struggles different traumas different issues and the reality is this, all of us are, are in that place of pursuing Christ, wanting to know him and wanting to make him known uh, in, in the people all around us. So um, reach out to Rob. Uh, we'll put his Instagram handle. And by the way, we are uh, close friends on Instagram now. I see the little green circle. So I made it, guys. Uh, reach out to Rob, connect with him, visit the coffee house, collaborative coffee in Lakewood. Um no, Lakewood. Yeah. Oh, it is Lakewood. Oh, my bad. Come on, bro. You got I'm it. lying. She's not part of the close friends, guys. It's the, it's um. not prophesying. It's the new, it's the new location. <laughs> so, all right. And then also reach out to Christian, uh, woodworking, and, and just, just all around, man. Just mm-hmm. um, get around these guys. Um, I, you know, I just, I love having honest friends and honest people around us. So, um, thank you guys for doing the podcast, and hopefully we'll do some more soon. Um, but thank you guys for listening. It's Curious Through Podcast.